Welcome to From the Back Tees, a podcast where we tee it up from the back every week. Welcome to the From the Back Tees podcast. Today's Monday, December 14th. We just got the uh, OG3 here, but we don't got much golf going on now, but we got a special show for you. We're going to talk about the 2021 season, our thoughts on what's going to happen with different awards who we think is going to be the best player and who we think is going to do well at the majors this year. But uh, guys, how's it going? Hey, first of all, we got golf going on. Tiger Woods, Charlie Woods. What else do you want to watch? I mean, who cares about, who cares about major championship golf when you get to watch that duo? I mean, I think, I think that might be one of the next newcomers in the, in major championship golf. I mean, maybe we're getting a little early sneak peek. <laughs> Spoiler he's alert. Like years old and he's like the talk of the Charlie's day. my rookie of the year. <laughs> <laughs> poor poor uh, Lee Westwood. The guy wins the race to Dubai and he's being like overshadowed by some like 11 year old. Yeah. Tough. Dude, I feel like I feel like Lee Westwood his whole career, like he's been good for a long time, but I feel like he always just kind of flies under the radar a little bit more than everyone kind of realizes. He's like the Charles Powell. Because he was sponsored by UPS. I mean, come on. <laughs> he was wearing brown shirts. <laughs> yeah. A wild move. He's the Charles Howell of uh, Chucky Three Sticks of the European Tour. Just I mean, passing those checks. I'll tell you what. If Puma would have jumped on Lee Westwood instead of Ricky Fowler. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Can you imagine? <laughs> yeah. I'm just imagining. The all orange. Reed, you look good. All orange. Can you imagine if I just came walking to the first team in some bright orange outfit? <laughs> that would be good. They should. Was well, this caddy sponsored by Puma? Huh? Is this caddy sponsored by Puma? Who, Fowler? Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I think it's caddy wears – I might even call him wearing a Puma hat or something. I would be they surprised. They both wear the all orange. Yeah. <laughs> it would only be right. Just orange it out. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> before we get to uh, 2021, I guess, what are your uh, thoughts on the past year? I know we spoke about it a little last year, but what stuck out most? I know for me, it's obviously Bryson DeChambeau and how much he changed the game. You know me. Talked about it enough. It would be wrong if I lied and said it was anything else. But I think Bryson, he changed the game for sure. I mean, people are talking about all these courses trying to – stop him or slow him down and even if it doesn't work what he's done he's at least given people hope on a new way to play yeah I, to me it was um, I think Marikawa one in the PGA showing that you know finally one of these young guys I won't say finally because that sounds ridiculous like we're expecting them to win a major but um, there's so much hype around the very young generation as there should be because they're all really good but when one of them goes out and wins a major that that was kind of put everyone on notice for sure you know i was gonna go right there with you know and say morikawa but since you already did <laughs> uh, the guy who kind of stepped up to the ranks this past year that Kind of sneakily did it and just steadily did it and snuck into the tour championship, and that's Mackenzie Hughes. I think he's got a lot of potential and is kind of is coming through some 
some breakthroughs, if you will, of his career that are big stepping stones and he's starting to gain some confidence and couldn't happen to a better dude as well. Canadian, what can you say? Zach is definitely appreciating that. I mean, and then how do we – I mean, you can't just gloss over the fact that Dustin Johnson just had, like, such an amazing short season. And it's almost like he was kind of like, don't forget about me, guys. Like, I've been good on this tour for a while and uh, haven't probably won as many majors as some people may have picked him to win by now, but he's won two, right, and contended in several others. So, it's obviously. It's sort of how COVID went because it was like Berger at the start, right when COVID restarted, I think he had like four straight top fives. Everyone like, this guy might be one of the best. Then everyone just forgot about him, went to Bryson, who he dominated for like, a month right. and a half, and now it's just like Dustin just completely dominated. So I don't know. It was a run of you know. You know, it's funny as I look back over since we went and restarted in whatever that was, um, beginning of June, and man, you think about like you're just talking about Zach, how some of that stuff transforms, and you know, you pull, you go, you go to Bryson in Detroit with the whole cameraman guy, and then to the U.S. Open, and then Morikawa, that whole series of the PGA, and it's amazing. I guess my point is, it's amazing how many good players there are now. How many players can win, and how many players can get hot and play well for a month and a half. Yeah. And I think it's pretty amazing to, to it does kind of does its justice to let people know that everyone's good out there. Yeah, it's crazy. There's at least like 20 guys who like legit are like not favorites to win an event, but like could easily go out and win an event. Like they don't have to have like the greatest week. Daniel Berger, he's one of the best players on tour, and he's sort of, like, forgotten. We saw Hatton. He had, like, an incredible run, too. Yeah. Then you get guys like Brendan Todd. That was an incredible story. He just goes back-to-back out of nowhere. Obviously, uh, I want to go back to Mac Hughes, who you mentioned. He, like, is the definition of how to just make money on tour. Like, he misses, like, ten cuts in a row and then comes, like, second at the Honda or whatever. And then he had, like, a great stretch for a while at the end, too, where he had, like, I I think didn't he make the tour championship on the number, like on the last hole? He he had to get it up and down out of the bunker on the last hole, and he had like this, like four or five footer, maybe 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 not five feet, but kind of sliding down the hill. And I mean, if it's one of those, it's touchy, and it can get outside, gets outside of the hole. It's it's tough to keep you keep in your hands, but yeah, he stepped right into it and hammered it down. One of the Johnny Manziel, uh, show me the money (laughs) after sinking it. But yeah, uh, Jason, Jason, Mac, Jace being Max Caddy are two great people. And Jace is one of those guys when I see out, you know, I'm in between walking to the car or whatever, you're always chatting up with, having a good time with. He's a real good dude. Yeah. And then there were a couple of guys who obviously had some off years by their standards. I want to know your opinion on this is just shot in the dark. You didn't even know this was coming, but who do you think is going to have the uh, best 2021 of? Jason Day, Jordan Spieth, and Tommy Fleetwood. Ooh. That's a that's a good one. Um, who was it? Jason Day, Fleetwood, New, and Spieth. I think I, I think that's a no brainer in my books. But I mean, oh okay. <laughs> who who is? See, I don't even know who it is. That could be the no. I, I think Jason Day is starting to stride. I know he's kind of played, you know, faltered a little bit this year, not played his best, but. I think he's one of those guys that's always in a positive mentality and always in a good mood, and so it's just it's just a matter of time, you know. 
I mean, the guy's good. We can't deny that. See, I disagree. I think Tommy Fleetwood is going to do the best. Um, I think it's been a long time coming for him. Um, so I think he'll finally maybe win a PGA Tour victory this year, and that'll be, I think, uh, maybe more than anything that Jason gets done, but we'll see. I'm with Reed on day. I think he had, he had he showed some good spurts there of playing well. I think hopefully the injury bugs are behind him and he sort of got things figured out a little bit. But, man, I wish Speak just comes back to dominating. We've seen, like, stretches where he – goes low he had like six or seven birdies in a row one event but tour needs jordan speed he makes it exciting i mean and that's what i was kind of saying earlier there's so many people that are so good yeah that's just the game is now like in the majors anyone can win like literally anyone can win like we've seen it happen yeah what do you think it is with speed why he struggled so much um I mean, sometimes, like, when there becomes a nerve over a golf ball, I'm not, I'm not saying he has it, but sometimes, I don't know, personally from playing pretty competitively, that, you know, when there becomes a nerve over a golf ball and something's being thought about over and over, it becomes harder and harder. It's like when you get up, when, you, when you're trying to fix a, a problem with the house and you try to fix it and it, goes, it gets worse, and you try to fix it again and it gets worse, and you're just, you're just continuing struggling, like, you tend to get frustrated. I think once he finds that pathway and finds his finds his walkway back, I think he'll be back, and it, it could be two months, it could be a year, it could be two years. Who knows? Yeah, that seems to be what everyone's saying. That it's like when he goes over the ball on the driver, like he's like nervous or something, or has like a twitch and just doesn't see it. I always wonder, outside of like Tiger and Dustin Johnson, probably now, who who do you guys think is the most like it doesn't get to them if they play terribly? Like laid back, you mean? Yeah, like just like they could shank like 10 straight drives and next one they come up and they're just as likely to hit a perfect one down the middle. Uh, I've said his name all year and I'm going to say it again, Xander Shoffley. It's true. He's so consistent. I think he's so fearless and I think that's one of the best attributes you can have in the, have in the golf game. Yeah, when, that, uh, when you asked me that question, the first two names that come to mind are Brooks Kepka because he has vocalized that very, We've seen very much. Him struggle like you see. Him What's that? Goal. We've seen him like struggle, like for mm-hmm. a whole tournament. And just keep like some of these guys. It just doesn't matter if they shoot an eighth on the hole before. Yeah, and then the the other guy I think of is because well, he used the S word. And when I think of the S word, I think of John Rom because I feel like he's had a couple shanks in you know, recent memory, and he just is still always competing. So he's obviously a freaking, like, top five player in the world for a long time coming here, too. So I have one that's completely off the map, but this is a sharp take right here. Uh, Webb Simpson. We spoke to his caddy. I feel like Webb Simpson just makes every single cut and is always in contention to come, like, top ten. Maybe he's just, like, not that good of a golfer. He just never hits bad shots. Well, I mean, but that's being good, man. <laughs> yeah. No, but maybe he's just like, he just hits every shot. To like, like, he never has the incredible shot, Webb Simpson. He doesn't bomb it. He doesn't hit it to two feet every time. No, but I think, I think he plays a lot, of, a lot of percentage golf. Yeah. 
Um, you get you get swinging it well and playing quote unquote percentage golf, you know, and I think it goes a long way. Especially you start rolling a couple putts in. You know, yeah. and I think he's very streaky and good and and you know, Paul Paul's a great great dude himself and love being around him so but yeah, I think Webb's one of those guys that's just he can pop at any moment, I guess what I'm trying to say. I'm pretty sure he had the he had the low scoring average this entire year. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you mentioned that last time. That's crazy. That's like trivia. Yeah, you would never. You would never. I mean, most people you could ask, and they would not say Webb Simpson. Yeah. One one last guy who I wanted to touch on before we head into the new season, Ricky Fowler. I mean, he's just completely. It's not like he's even fallen off because I think he's made most of his cuts. And done pretty well. He just hasn't had that top finish. He might be one of those guys who uh, maybe look to bounce back next year. I mean, we're already not going to see him at the Masters. Correct. I think it's solidified. So that's weird. Um, But I don't know if it's a swing change he needs to make. or I mean, his putting has always been great. So I hope he doesn't touch that at all but something between the ears is probably not clicking right now and really hasn't been for a couple of years. At the, at the, I think it, it was at Mayakoba, I think, that he had a snowman and then shot like two under <laughs> some rounds. Yeah, you very well could have. I mean, I feel like he's one of those guys that plays well and plays well for 71 of the – let's call it 70 of the 72 golf holes. Yeah, two holes, or there are holes that you can either turn a triple into a bogey, or turn a double into a bogey, or something, and save three shots right there. And you know, I've been a caddy myself. Like, there's times where you look back and you're like, "Fuck!" Like, maybe shouldn't we hit that shot? You know, maybe 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 you remember like eight months ago that golf shot. Like, fuck, we probably should hit that golf. You just got to learn from it. Eight so, months ago, like. You Whatever. You know, you know what I'm trying to say. I know, like, but that, I'm sure you do have times when you're like thinking way back, and that that's insane. Well, a lot of it. A lot of it, I would say too, is like, for instance, when you go to a golf course again, like when when you see it for the second time, and you're walking the golf course, and you kind of figure out where we want to go. You just remember, like, you know, you, you kind of take what your game likes on the golf course and match it to that golf course and how can you play it and what you have done in the past and future and have a plan. That's all you can do. So I think going back to these players, like I think everyone's trying, but a lot of times it's just that minute little, whether it's mental or physical or just, you know, what a certain shot at a certain time. I mean, I think anyone's willing to break out. Yeah. That, that actually is something I thought about. Like you've been with hubs for, what is it? Three or four years now? Three years? Going on three. Oh, like yeah. going on three years do you like go into the year like i'm gonna be we're gonna be more aggressive this year we want to be more conservative or like that kind of thing or have you no, talked no, i don't think you really change your plan as far as that i mean i think you change you kind of learn like where you've done good where you've played well what kind of shots you've hit well like what kind of shots you maybe you haven't we haven't succeeded from in the past that we need to work on. But, you know, when it, when it comes game time, like, you don't 
played some of those areas. You try to get to, say, your favorite number of a wedge, the 20 yards up than the number you've been hitting it to or whatever. Um, but I, I think that's golf, where why golf is so unique is because it's like a puzzle. You start working on one thing, and another thing may may make a little little scrapey because you spend a lot more time on one thing. You know what I mean? Uh, but it's I think it's these guys are so good at everything. Once they get things timed up and synced at the, at the right time, it's so hard to not play well. You know what I mean? Yeah. And a little uh, peek behind the curtain. Do you guys? Uh... Do you ever like look at the analytics kind of of like is Hubs better from a hundred yards away, a hundred and twenty, or is it all like he knows or he hopes to know? Um, no, I think we have a pretty good idea, like you know, where his strengths and weaknesses are, and we tend to try to play away from some of the times and towards others. It's just like you would if you were on a on a you know, football team and you were trying to attack a golf, uh, you know, the, the, the field of the opposing team a certain way with your strengths. Like, I think that's to say in any sport, you know. So, but yeah, I mean, I think we realize even even down to what we've been hitting well lately and what we've been going to lately or the shot we hit five holes ago really matches this. And that last one was a good path on it. And let's, let's hit that again because it, it's feeling good. Yeah, so it's definitely an advantage, I guess. The longer you're around, the more you see the same course and you know what you've done well at. Right. Yeah. You only get one shot, like when it's your first time around. If you don't play the whole right, that's, there's no redos. Right. That kind of sparked a question I have, Zach, for, for Reed. And um, I guess I'll have to get a little more specific because there's so many different factors in golf. But say, for instance, Mark has to lay up on a par five and the pin's right in the middle of the green and there's no wind. Um, would he prefer, like, say his layup zone is anywhere from, like, 130 yards to 50 yards? What, where is he going to put that? Like, what's his money spot approach? 130 to 50, you said? Yeah. I mean, a 105 golf shot is even, like, a 90 is, like, a – I mean, it depends what kind of conditions, obviously, but if it's playing somewhere around there, like a anywhere, like you get like a like a soft fifty-six wedge wedge in there, and kind of work a fifty-six. That's that's his bread and butter. Um, and the also like one thirty to one thirty-five. We have uh, named his bread and butter kicking wedge once a, once a tournament the fifty-degree wedge. Nice. One, 125. I mean, obviously, it depends on the conditions, but yeah, 130 is a good range for him, and we like that number. So it just depends. I mean, what kind of pin you're trying to get to? Like, if it's a back pin, and you know, you're laying it up to 95 or 100, landing a full 56 in there or something, it's not worth it. You know, you'd rather fight something in back there. So it just it just kind of depends. Yeah, <laughs> I knew I, I knew I wasn't gonna get a full straightforward answer on that but i thought i'd take a shot <laughs> yeah well we're we're at about the halfway point of the podcast so before we get to our outlook of 2021 i think we did a, a good summary summarizing 2020 and all the madness that it was but uh we have some great sponsors and before you guys name them you guys should you guys listening should check the bio we got links to all of them 
we got an awesome group of supporters helping us. So thank you to all the listeners. And uh, Reed, I'll leave the floor to you. Yeah, for the, one of the last times in 2020, our thanks to Surf and Turf Golf. Check them out. New hats, new designs. Uh, put in a code ReadMartin15 in your checkout code or checkout cart. Get 15% off of your next purchase. I know they're doing some uh, like holiday Texas designs and some different stuff for the holidays here. So it's actually pretty cool. Check them out. Uh, Tommy Dodge Design out in California. Um, anything you need, whether it's rain gear, down to gloves, he'll design it for you, send it to the manufacturer, and uh, get it created. Uh, Chris Relia and former cars in Columbus, Ohio. Uh, he does pretty cool stuff with some designs and cars that uses laser technology, uh, creates some, some designs and some replicas from back in the the old Mustang Corvette era, uh, 80s and whatnot. Uh, they're pretty cool. Check them out. They're located in Columbus, Ohio. And then not, last but not least, uh, you guys from the back tees. always love being with you, and thank you very much. Awesome. Thanks, Reed. Um, yeah, and I'm just going to go ahead and plug Sticks Golf, um, wonderful partners of ours. They make awesome, sleek, matte black, modern-style golf clubs, full set driver through wedge through putter even um did a full review on on the website on from the stadium.com um check it out on there see if you like it um i think they even do like a a little like 30 day kind of play before you pay type deal so check them out sticks.golf s-t-i-x.golf they're running a lot of holiday sales right now so jump on that before before the new year ends. And then if uh, for some reason don't make it, we've got our own promo code, uh, stadium 99. That'll get you a nice discount as well. Sticks.golf. Check them out. Yeah. Sticks golf, you know, cheap, affordable, quality clubs. I've been preaching forever that these clubs exact same as the, the Hanmas. Anyone who's good <laughs> enough, anyone who's good enough that it makes a difference. You're probably getting your clubs for free. I will personally, if you think, that you could beat someone with sticks golf and you're not a professional golfer, I'll send Reed over there. He'll have his own sticks golf clubs. We'll wager. I get Reed. You get yourself. You could have the Hanmas. No chance. No chance. No chance. Sticks yeah. golf. Oh, man. Reed, legit. Tell me. Reed, I'll use the fanciest clubs. You use the sticks golf clubs. Who would win? I'll, I'll use the golf clubs. Regular flex. Exactly. You might break them. But that might be any clubs that you might break. So, But uh, heading on to 2021 now, we obviously got an exciting new season. I'm sure Reed's uh, eager to get back out there on the golf course, or maybe not. He might be enjoying his sunbathing or whatever other antics he's up to, maybe some fishing. Bathing? I live in Columbus, Ohio now. I'm fucking bathing <laughs> in the snow. Reed, I cannot tell you. Yeah, it's true. Oh, big Browns game tonight. Big Browns game tonight. I can't tell you anything that's in Columbus, Ohio. Let me tell you that. But what's the most uh, popular the thing? Ohio <laughs> the Ohio State. The Ohio State. Don't, don't forget. Columbus. You can't forget to say the. The. Because it's not, it's not Ohio State. It, to them, it's the Ohio State. Oh, yeah. When they all do the O thing every time they score and they're from Ohio State. 
Well, I'm a big Saints fan. They have like nine Ohio State players on their team. Yeah, they turn out turn out <laughs> some quality NFL players. Michael yeah, Thomas, Michael. Ohio State player. When was the last offensive player? It's just a, this is just a question. When was the last offensive player that came out of Ohio State that was a dynamic player offensively in the NFL? Michael Thomas. I just said it. You said Michael Thomas. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. This this one over here is saying Ezekiel Elliott. Okay, but it's how many does Alabama spit out? A lot. And no linemen, running backs. linemen and running backs. <laughs> and wide receivers, man. Look at yeah. Lamb. Yeah, that's true. No tight ends, though. No t- I might be wrong. Maybe there are some Alabama tight ends. I mean, I'm Canadian, but it doesn't seem like there are. I don't know. I just feel like I love, I love Ohio State, but I feel like it's just – a lot of it's hyped up as any school is. I mean, Alabama or Florida around, you know, when, when you're there, like, obviously they're fucking good. Everyone thinks they're God's greatest gift to – Earth, you know what I mean? Are you still a UCF fan? Oh yeah, I love them. I mean, yeah, I follow them, but like, my heart, my my heart lives and bleeds at Washington, University of Washington. Oh yeah, dude, what what's up with this? They uh they yeah. can't put a team together for the Pac-12 championship, so the freaking Ducks gonna go. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What happened with Washington? COVID, they can't play the game. They got canceled or they got thrown out because they can't put put a team together. Nolan, you're a big Oregon State guy, eh? Yeah. Listen to this knowledge <laughs> from a Canadian. You guys have a guy on your team, Jefferson, that is like yeah. the greatest college football fantasy player of all time. Oh, he's a like 300 beast. yards a game. Yeah. Well, I mean, hey, Oregon State, not very good. But for yeah. how bad we are – we do produce a couple NFL players every year. Is Jefferson that, an NFLer? Oh, he'll be in the NFL, but I don't – I mean, like, even Ryan Nall is, like, the backup running back yeah, for yeah, Chicago. Hey, what was the uh, what was the old um, NBA player, something Jefferson? Uh, oh, uh, Richard Jefferson? The little – look at the guy, the guy that stepped outside and shot a little bit. Played for a little while. Al Jefferson? No. Oh, Al Jefferson, yeah. 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 He's a That's big right. guy. Yeah. But like, he would step outside, though. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's a throwback, Al Jefferson. <laughs> okay, back to golf now. We got the 2021 season. We got four majors coming up. So, uh, Reed, you know, you're the golf guy. You're on the tour. You get to preview it. Um... Reed doesn't even know where they are. No, I do. Absolutely. You don't have to know where they are, though. I'm not blaming you. You you go. I'm looking. I'm looking right now. And and you got some – they're all repeat uh, places, but I think they're all good repeats. I think a lot of them are a different test of golf. I mean, you're going to get the PGA at Kiowa. Should be playing windy and whatnot in different conditions. And you go to Augusta where it should be pretty nice like it usually is in the spring, maybe some rain or whatever. And you'll get to the U.S. Open at Torrey Pines where it's going to play firm and fast and long if it should, unless they start getting rain. But that's always the California kind of who knows. Uh, and then you'll have the British Open at Royal St. George and I mean, where we've, we've had some of the best British Opens ever played. 
Where do you think uh, it's going to be the toughest of all of them? I feel like Tory, but I mean, I think if you if you take weather out of the equation, like we don't know where how the weather's going to be anywhere. Obviously, if it's windy, it's probably tougher, and rainy, it's probably tougher. Uh, but if you put them all in the same, you know, no no wind, no rain, no nothing, just seventy degree perfect temperatures. So if I think Tory Pines will play the toughest next year, it's just it's got teeth that. Uh, and maybe maybe Kiowa can kind of reconcile with it a little bit just because it kind of has some trickiness to it. Um, but Tori's on another level. It's just different. I will tell you what, from my Tiger Woods PGA Tour experience, uh, Tori Pines is going to play the most difficult. I usually lit up Kiowa. So. <laughs> <laughs> You go for like fifty-two. Everyone shoots in the fifties. There's like a short par four there that I always would drive the green and <laughs> just dominant. But I, there better be carnage because every single year I'm. Who won it? Who won it? Kiowa last time. You guys remember? Oh man, I'll I'll look it up while you guys are uh, filibusting. <laughs> oh good. Uh, I feel. Was someone who might have been Day, was it not? I'm gonna figure it out for you. It was the. I can't find it right now. We're lost. You. Oh, Rory McIlroy won. Okay. When he won by eight. Yeah. Yeah, he ran away with it. Will he win it again nine years later? Wouldn't that be a comeback story, huh? I think he could. He's right there. He was one of the best guys playing. He was for sure top three for a while when the season was going. He hadn't been as good post-COVID, but I think yeah. Rory's going to win a major. I already have uh, my major picks ready, but, but uh, yeah, I just hope one of these courses plays well over par because I feel like every year we're like, this course is going to be absolute carnage, and then like you got multiple guys going under par, although the U.S. Open this year was great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, the only chance I think we ha- have for, like, a, a round par finish is going to be at the U.S. Open. Yeah. Um, unless it's just wind and rain over in England, which very well could be. Yeah. But Kiwa is going to be – I don't think Kiwa is going to be easy unless it's not windy at all. There should be wind, and that should make it, you know, uh, maybe a mid-teens finish under par and then Augusta we'll see um Augusta's been interesting I mean obviously DJ smashed it this year in the in the fall but um when Tiger won it was 13 or 12 under that one so we'll see what we get a lot depends on the conditions that's what I love about the British Open though that you might just have like awful weather conditions and there's nothing they could do it's already planned what day it is can't figure out now what it's going to be like it could be like a torrential also i feel like maybe it's because those courses are meant for it but they usually won't do like a weather delay they'll just be like nah you guys gotta play through it <laughs> weather delays sicken me unless there's lightning there should not be a weather delay i 100 percent agree 100 percent. and let, well or if there's puddling like on the on the greens, obviously that's a big issue. But Shipping. like, <laughs> I mean, I've played in some nasty stuff over in Oregon, and the, the Oregon like, hey, yeah. reads like I just want to be inside when it's <laughs> raining. Like, 
You got to get that, that, that rain delay we got caught with in Mexico. That do that for there was probably five to ten minutes there where it was coming down maybe as hard as I've ever seen it rain somewhere in my life. I love it. Yeah, I <laughs> enjoy it. No, it was awesome. Like Duff, it was Duffner's turn to go. We were on twelve T. It was Duffner's turn to go, and Duffner was like, "No, I'm not doing it." Like, I'm not. <laughs> Me and my the rules officials in the fairway, and it just starts dumping, man. The rules official comes up to the tee box, and it's one of the more respected rules officials out there. And Duffner, they were talking, whatever, whatever and somehow it came out that playing in that heavier rain was well, it wasn't for us. It was uh, that was what the trash man got paid to do on on Tuesday was fucking work in the rain. <laughs> Was it one of those rains where it's like sunny on half the sky and then you can just see the clouds coming in and the rain, you can actually like see the sheet of rain like coming towards you? Yeah, I mean, dude, he was only joking, obviously. It was just funny because it was like, it's raining. Basically, he's trying to say like, it is fucking raining so hard right now. Like, how are we playing golf? <laughs> yeah, I mean, and the thing is, it's like, there's like four or five times in a few days that, we would be over a shot or about to step into a shot and Mark would step off and he'd be like, dude, get the umbrella, get the umbrella. And I, obviously we'd hear it and like the rain would just be coming at us. Like you could hear it from whatever. And so you just take cover and try to weather it and, you know, get a shot in and go to the ball. And, but it's dude, playing in rain is a completely different story. Yeah. It's hard to, I agree. I totally agree. It's almost like you're just trying to like kind of survive and just hit some solid shots that don't, you know, you don't lose your club or something like that. But I, I mean, everyone knows, I mean, obviously on the PJ tour, everyone knows how to play in the rain and right. um, it's something that I don't see any PJ tours PJ tour players like whining about or anything like we should never have to play in the rain. But what I did see, and I don't mean to mention a, a com fellow competitor, but the uh, Barcelona guys over there um, had a match um, the other day, foursome against another foursome, and they were playing in Arizona, and they were not prepared for the rain because they're playing in Arizona, right? And they were just moaning the whole time about how it's raining and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, come on, guys. Like, you never played golf in the rain. <laughs> more fun in the rain lightning fine you think you're gonna die whatever get off the course you do you hey did you know it's a little little pre-trivia trivia, trivia uh, fact for you retief goosen has been struck by lightning i, I think twice and maybe three times while playing <laughs> or just in general i don't know i know, I know but i know it's he's been struck multiple times maybe three times really that's why I read an article where he used to be a very hyper young kid and then he got struck twice or three times, whatever it is. And he's like very, very calm and collected now. Go, there's an article online for those of you listening, an article online. Just type in like Retief Goosen struck by lightning twice or three times or whatever. You're telling Actually, me it like, it, it like changed his personality. He used to be like. <laughs> that's what it says. <laughs> that's like shock therapy to the extreme. Yeah. <laughs> Hey. <laughs> oh god 
apparently there was some farmer who was struck like eight times. I always remember that from the, the Guinness Book of World Records. As a kid, I'd read it. That guy was always there. Can you imagine what feeling what, what it feels like getting struck by lightning once? Like, what does it even feel like? I don't know. We well, I think talk. to live, to live, it honestly probably doesn't feel like anything or something. But if you... <laughs> If you die, it probably doesn't either. <laughs> you obviously don't feel it either if you die. To test but. it out, we'd probably get a lot of likes on Twitter. Maybe a couple <laughs> retweets here and there. I would hope. You never know. But do you guys know uh, which events uh, you guys are going to be in or any, like, any of the majors, if you have an idea what needs to be done before them? Um, you know, a lot of it is, is FedEx Cup rank as of a certain date. So, I mean, it, it varies for events. Sometimes they're top 50. Sometimes they're previous year FedEx. Sometimes they're, um, you know, top 30 or 40 or 50, not exempt after, after this day. It's all previous, you know, criteria. But we got to go play some some good golf coming up and kind of get back in the swing of it. And then uh, I think we'll do just fine. I think, you know, last year we played okay out west. We went, made some cuts out west and had a couple of decent finishes out west. and. How does it work for the schedule? Who like does it? Is it him or his agent or? No, he, he we usually talk about it, um, and I, I think it'll be pretty much the same as last year. We'll play pretty much everything on the West Coast except for uh, Tory Pines, who would be my guest. The only reason we might play that and take another event off would be if you know, he wants to get some work in for the U.S. Open. Um, Why would you take Tory off? Just typically have because there's so many events around Torrey Pines that he likes to has play well at, and it's just a week that he's typically just kind of taking it off. But like I said, with the U.S. Open there this year, that could change things as well. So it'll be interesting to see how the schedule really plays out. But I've got my flights booked for for a ways out, and um, you know it, it can change things as needed, and, and you know it's. It, Especially when you start getting start getting a major season, it can you can take some some rest weeks here and there, and really try to get fresh, or you or you can need to, need to grind to get in. So yeah, it will. Yeah, it plays out. And talking about the majors, before we get to our favorite topic, we're gonna get to Tiger Woods. Don't worry, people, we'll get there. Is there any like major that someone suits your eye, and you if you had to bet on one person to win one major, Nolan, what would it be? <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's a tough one. Um, gosh, I really like. I really think Rory is going to get one this year. I hope it's the Ma- well. If it's not Tiger Woods at the Masters, I hope it's Rory because um, I think he's so good, and I think he deserves to be in that group of guys that have won the Career Grand Slam. Um, he just cannot quite figure out, I guess, the national. And maybe it'll be, you know, maybe he'll win it five years down the line because he's still got plenty of good years uh, left in him. So it might just take some time. But I kind of really like him over overseas at Royal St. George. Um, he's obviously grown up playing that kind of golf. So um, I'm sure it'll suit him well. And maybe he'll have a little fire in him from maybe not winning the first three. And then, again, we we, we haven't had a British Open in a while because they canceled this year. So 
Um, that'll be a special one to watch, I think. Yeah. Uh, Reed, what's your pick? I'm going to give it to you real quick because I'm going to check one stat on this real quick. Okay, well, for me, it's going to be uh, John Rom at the Masters. Oh, not going Bryson? No, not going Bryson. The reason is I do think Bryson will win one. I'm just not sure which. And I don't think it's the Masters. But I feel Rom, like you're going to pick Tory. <laughs> no, because Rom's dominated the Masters. Very he He's come yeah. top ten three of the four years he's played. He's just played incredibly there. And I feel like you see it time and time again. It's like a couple shots here. And I think Rom is the next world number one. I mean, we've already seen him as the world number one for how long was he world number one for? Like four days or something? <laughs> yeah, but like two weeks. It, it, was a, it was a short stretch, but he's done incredible with the Masters. I think the course suits him so well. And uh, sadly, I don't think it'll be Tiger at the 2021 Masters, but you never know. I think Tiger's got a chance. I mean, I've... I think he's got a chance to contend at the Masters and then the British, and I think that'll be consistent for the for the duration of his career that he stays competitive. Those two will always kind of be the the okay. two you look for. for... Tiger. Don't you worry, Nolan. We saved <laughs> okay. the fifteen minutes just for Tiger. But... Got ahead of myself. Reed. Uh, hey, I've you know I I've seemed to like grow a liking for this guy talking about him all year with you guys but uh i've also spent some time around him and he's a very good person uh not that uh but xander shoffley since the 2019 masters so since the 2019 masters was played has finished in the top 10 three times uh finishing Third in last year's U.S. Open, tied 10th at the 2020 PGA, and fifth at the 2020 U.S. Open. If you go back and you take some look at some history as far as like, his Augusta finishes, there's multiple times that he's been right there. I want to say it's at least two. I know it's two. Maybe even as many as three or four. Uh, that he has had a chance to win at Augusta Maybe just haven't been quite quite close, but I think he's knocking at the door. I think he's getting ready to to say something. So I think I think that's what I'm gonna go with. Xander Shoffley at the Masters. I was gonna say if you didn't take Xander, it would have been problematic. But thankfully you did. But oh <laughs> that's the phone smashing the ground. But we did save enough time for it. We gotta talk about Tiger. So I just wanna read you off how we finished twenty twenty for those listening, might not have the numbers with them. So he started 2020 off great. He came first, then he came fourth at the Hero, ninth at the Farmers. Then he made five straight cuts, all from four, from 37 to 68. And then the last three weeks, he's come, he came 38th at the Masters, 72nd at the Zozo, and missed the cut at the U.S. Open. But overall, he's still making cuts. He missed just one cut in the last year and a bit. So heading into, I guess, the rest of 2021, Nolan, you're our Tiger guy. I want to hear the preview. Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, he just doesn't play enough to, like, keep his world ranking up up very high. Like, he, he, he is just sliding. I mean, ever since, like, he won the Masters and then he won the Zozo, and he was up to, like, seventh or something or sixth in the world. And then ever since there, I think he's dropped into – 
30 something or other right now. Um, but I think he's going to contend at the masters. Um, I think he's going to contend if we have the British open. Um, and if I'm being real with myself, probably won't contend at the U S open at Torrey Pines, which would be awesome. Obviously we remember all the good stuff Tiger's done at Torrey Pines over the years. Um, so, I mean, he obviously knows that course, but this is a, you know, I've said it time and time again, this is a different Tiger Woods than what we used to see. Um, he's really got to be methodical about his, his plan of attack on each course he plays and I can't just overpower it. And um, his putter, you know, putter, he was the greatest putter for so many years and um, putter unfortunately usually is one of the first things to slide away as you age but don't think it's to that point where we start using the the yips or something like that but um, he's uh, you know he knows the greens at least so that that will help but just from what we saw this year, don't see him contending at the PGA or the U.S. Open with their typical setups. Um, but I think uh, I think we might see a major win from him. I hope we see at least one victory this year. That's um, I don't know. I've definitely tapered my expectations after what I saw. But 2020 is such a weird thing. You know, we were such on a huge high at 2019. And I was thinking Tiger might win like three times this year or something, but the season obviously got cut and we all saw what happened. He didn't look great, especially post post COVID. And um, that's kind of what we have to go with right now. Um, but I think a red shirt will be holding the trophy on a Sunday this coming year. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think that's a great point on Tiger. He hasn't been great at all, but I think he also hasn't been horrible. Like, a lot of these guys just ha- hadn't had good years. Like, you can't say speed won't win like we mentioned before. You can't say any of these guys. Tiger has been as good or better than speed has and Fowler has, even than Fleetwood. So it's possible he just didn't have the greatest finish. COVID obviously could have had a huge effect on things. And if anyone's going to surprise people and win, I, I didn't think he was going to win again. And then he won the Masters, and I'm like, you can't write this guy out. And then we start seeing him missing, like, at least 25% of cuts, then we don't have to be too worried about Tiger. Yeah. Yeah. He's still, he's still got some game. Yeah. That does. I've got some uh, – being at home in Columbus this week, I've got some, uh, some trivia for you. It's the old Ohio State-Michigan matchup that – should have been happening, I think, last week. Yeah. There's been 113 matchups between the two schools. How many wins and who do you think that team has? I'll go first because I have no knowledge on the situation. I'll say Ohio State has won 80. So, yeah, Ohio State wins with 80 wins. You said 132? 113 games they've played. 113? Uh, I'd go – I 
think it's a lot closer than that. Um, I'm going to go, like, Michigan with, like, 60. Wow. <laughs> That's pretty good, Nolan. <laughs> the official record is 58-49 and six ties for wow. Michigan's. Wow. Great Wolverines. I went to – I went to the, the big house and watched them play Oregon State a couple years ago. How crazy are college football games? Like, in reference to, like, an NFL game, I assume – I feel like they're much crazier. Yeah, they're, they're uh, insane. They're, 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 just, they're just different. And I haven't even been to an SEC game, and those – you can just tell if you go to an SEC matchup. If you go to an Alabama-LSU game, man, that's – is the SEC the craziest fans? Yeah, I've I been think. to the, I've been to the Florida Georgia uh, yeah the Florida Georgia game, and they have the big celebration up there in Jacksonville. Zach Brown used to come in and play every year, and so I used to go to that and then hang out at the tailgate. And it's the largest tailgate in the country, man. It's so much fun. Yeah, that's a good time. I got to go to one of those. That's like always been on the bucket list. Go to an SEC game, maybe like Auburn, Alabama, that, the Iron Bowl. Yeah. But uh, to close things off, it's been a great episode. But, Nolan, you got to feed us that Tiger stat as we were just talking about him. So, end it on a high note. Of course. Yeah. Um, I don't know why this one popped in my head. I think I saw someone retweet the uh, awesome little uh, bit of the President's Cup when JT and Tiger were playing and JT sunk that putt um, to, to end their match. And so I went President's Cup and um, with, with his uh, results from this past President's Cup, Tiger uh, surpassed Phil for the most um, matches won in President's Cup history. Um, you guys want to guess how many? It's, uh, I'll give you, let me give you a range no I'm going to say um, just any, any match one yeah it's I'm going to say, say 63 that's a lot <laughs> 15 say. President's Cups it's, no he hasn't played in 15 has he no Probably like probably more like eleven. Yeah, I mean they're think about how long he's been on tour. How long he's been around. That's true. I'll say twenty one. He's won twenty seven. Wow. Most most presidents cup match wins ever. So okay. nicely done, Tiger. Very nicely done. Well, for all those of you listening, we hope you enjoyed. This week's episode we had to improvise a little because there's no Golf going on now. Sorry, Lee Westwood. But from myself, Nolan Reed, we hope you guys enjoyed. And we'll see you guys again next week on the From the Back Tees podcast. Thank you for listening to From the Back Tees. Toward the hole. And it's in with Bernie. We hope you enjoyed today's show. For more information and updates, Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at From the Back Tees. I'm going to enjoy it for the rest of my life. See you next week. Be the ball, man.